0: Hello and welcome to Almost Thirty podcast. We're happy you're here. Hiya. Hello. People used to say hiya. hi-ya. I never did. <laughs> I said I used to say hi. Hello. Hiya. I say greetings a lot. Greetings. 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 I always some stuff. Do you do and realize that it's weird only after the fact. I feel mm. like I don't ever match my socks, and whenever I go into workout classes, oh, they're like, always like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Red and black. <laughs> Wake up late. I'm like, no, I've never matched my socks in my life. They honestly think it's so... Like, people think it's so radical. They're like, did you do that on purpose? Yeah, they're like, oh man, I love that look. <laughs> I'm like, dude, who has time to match their You're socks? You're like, I'm only
1: now seeing that my socks don't honestly, match, sir. Honestly, sir. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't think... I don't know if I do. I don't think I do. Okay. There's probably things. Yes. But I almost like... It's like when you... When you're a loner, yes. <laughs> you don't get the feedback from people. Yes, honestly. You're it's like my invisible
0: friends. By yourself. Think everything's cool. <laughs> um, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm really happy that you're here. We're almost 30. We've been around for like five years now. We're best friends. Lindsay lives in New York. I'm in LA and we talk about spirituality, health, wellness, all the things. And we try to approach it just really casually, but um, with a curious open mind. Yeah, truly. Uh, and this episode is going to be... Really fun.
1: We started doing more episodes with just us. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like a goal of ours this year because almost 30 kind of started with our own like musings and reflections, stories, healings, and just like really intimate talks. So
0: bringing you more solo episodes. Yeah. This year and beyond. Lindsay and I, either Lindsay or myself, we deep dive into topics that are relevant to us. And today's episode is on comparison. Yeah, man. The Thief of Joy. I feel like it's a sometimes it feels like a like an itch you can't scratch. I was just comparing myself when you were turning on the camera. Oh, cool. To who? To <laughs> to someone to <laughs> uh, this this is real. Um, someone at camp was like, so Jazz, one of our dear friends, was on mm. it was at camp. Jazz the moon mother, she's been on the show. Someone in the camp chat was like, I loved your episode on TBM. To be magnetic, Lacey's one of my dearest friends. Oh, They're yeah. like a the very close friend friend of our brand. Their whole team, Jessica's amazing. And I was like, What about our episode? Oh, dude, problems. Like, get a life. And I was just sitting before we were recording. I was like, I wonder why their episode was better. Like, dude, what the hell? Oh, man. I just feel like it's interesting in this world, and I talk Mm -hmm. about it a lot in this episode, and I'm really, really proud of this episode. I actually got a lot of data and science in this. I really wanted to understand what's going on in the brain and what's going on from an evolutionary standpoint that makes people so susceptible to comparison And a lot of the research was very interesting because it talks a lot about there are certain personality descriptors that make people more prone to compare. And that is if you have anxiety, if you have depression, if you are an empath. Mm -hmm. So the majority of comparison that happens from a higher percentage is by women. So women do the majority of the comparison. Um, And I talked a lot about that and really to hit home the fact that our brain prefers comparing because it makes the processes of the brain easier. So, it actually is the choice of our brain to compare because it makes Mm. the operating, it makes operating in the world a lot easier because then it doesn't have to like go through and scan every option and think about every option. You can be like, okay, this person's tall, this person's not. Then I know that moving forward, like by comparison, I can now make an informed decision based on that comparison. So, there's just a lot to go through, but I know that a lot of our community, including myself and Lindsay, um, struggle with comparison at times.
1: Oh, big time. For me, it's like the, it's the loop of comparison that keeps me where i am yeah. and then i don't really have to do anything because i've already decided that who who or what i'm comparing myself to has it more figured out it's almost like i've lost before i've even made the effort yeah so i've like convinced myself that even my next best step won't be enough mm-hmm. so it's like it's very it just like thwarts any any movement forward but yeah i've just i've just been kind of working with that part of me and just kind of separating myself mm-hmm. from her because it's not really my true mm-hmm. self,
0: Yeah, of obviously. Mm-hmm.
1: But instead of identifying with that voice that's like, well, look how she's doing it or look how they're doing it or you've never done it as well as them. And it's like, wait a second. One, why does that matter? Because mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, like I'm doing things in my life, whether it's with podcasting or with music that like... Mm-hmm. Only I can do because I'm me Mm -hmm. and like, I'm going to be doing it in my way. So I, I almost make it more complicated than it needs to be because I've, I've almost been trained. I feel like from a young age to feel like I remember like my dad just being like, well, you have to think about, you know, the people that are doing what you do And I'm like, do I have to be thinking about Dude, that? Dude, you're like, I'm four. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you're
0: like trying to ride a bike. You think you got to think about all the I'm cyclists like, in the
1: world. He's like, they're training right now. They're <laughs> yes, doing it. They're, <laughs>
0: honestly. They're memorizing whatever. Yes. I'm like, but, but who cares? <laughs> I love that. I'm like, who cares about them? Do I don't know. You but know? that's such a, that time frame. Oh, for I, sure. I mean, we obviously very much know that. You know, and you were talking, I was thinking, I'm curious. For people that are only children, if you are an only child, do you compare less? And do with a sibling, you with four total in your family, four four children, do you compare more? Like I'm wondering with a sister, and I have friends with more than one sister, brothers, whatever. Mm. I'm like, I wonder if you're apt to compare more because you always have someone technically to compare to.
1: Yep. And I'm trying That's to so think true. of my
0: only child friends. I actually have a lot of only child friends. Some of my closest people in my life, including Justin R. And I'm like, I actually, this is a grave generalization. I don't think they compare as much. Wow. Because there's not as much like... It's just not like... It's ingrained in us. Like from a li- young age, you're looking around at your surroundings. Like You're like, do it like your sister. Yes. Do it like your brother. Yeah. Or I remember when I was little, I had glasses. My sister didn't have glasses. I had a retainer. My sister didn't have a retainer. <laughs> Did I it? had an eye patch. My sister didn't have an eye <laughs> patch. Yo, it was... It was I was chubby, my sister wasn't. It was it was hard times. Wow. Hard times. She was like in advanced classes when we were younger. I was like It's like little mirrors school, like yes. where you're like, Oh, I see what I'm not. Yes, because it's Very like clearly. the closest thing around you to be like, Okay, for sure. This and with siblings, you're like, this person is receiving praise and love for this thing. Mm-hmm. So then when you're younger, you're programmed, you're like, they're receiving praise and love for good grades. They're receiving praise and love for going to bed early. They're receiving you know what I mean? So I think that that probably has a lot to do with comparison too.
1: Yeah, that's so true.
0: You know? That's so true. I wasn't, Yeah, I don't remember. Mm.
1: Yeah, my my siblings were incredibly talented. So I always thought like, oh, wow, they're younger than me and they're Mm. better at all these things Mm -hmm. than me. But I think actually the flip was a little bit stronger where I think like my sisters looked up to me and kind of compared Mm -hmm. themselves to me. It's a more natural thing. Yeah, yeah. it's a natural thing to do.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think I compared, I don't really know, but right now with comparison, it was, I think the end of cancer season and it was like just on and popping. I was mm-hmm. just, I'm trying to think. I just- In person, social media, like what kind person. of like, which, okay. Just in person. I mean, and I've said this before, like being friends with really powerful women is like no joke. Like you, just like if you're in a deep, intimate, romantic relationship with someone that is on the top of their game, like- mm-hmm. It's not, you have to play at the top of your game as well. And that's with being friends. It's not like we're playing at the top of our game from a competitive perspective, but you need to come like just positive supporting, you know, you are successful. I don't know how I'm, what I'm saying, but when you have successful friends, I feel like you have to be, there is that added standard of a higher level of comparison because you're all friends. So you're talking about big money. You're talking about big yeah. reach, big impact. And it's incredibly inspiring. Like, yeah. It's so it's inspiring.
1: Like, it, it's a it's an intense resource because like yeah. we could, I think, especially as women, like really support and help one another in this. But oh, yeah. But it's like that that little like, oh, mm-hmm. that comparison comes mm-hmm. in and it's like, well, I don't want to share
0: what I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to like go deep and mine's share just what like, I'm oh, doing. Oh, man. Like I just, mine's mine's always just turned on me. It's always like, oh, you're not mm-hmm. doing, you're not in your truth. Mm-hmm. You're not speaking your truth or like you're not in your power or like, you're not impacting many people. And it's not like I look at what they're doing and then compare, okay, I have this, they have this. It's just like, oh, wow. You're not, you know what I mean? I, I feel just come like back to the core things. All of those
1: things you just said you are doing, but I think maybe not at the level that you want to, mm-hmm. want
0: to have oh, yeah. yet. But you're, I feel like you're doing all of Because it things. always says, you know, what you want more of, or, you know, this is the whole thing. And I talk about this in this episode. What we're comparing reflects what, we feel like we're lacking. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, I want to be impacting more. I want to be speaking more truth. I want to be more liberated. I want to be more all of these things. So when I see people that are doing that, it reflects that mirror back for me because that's the opportunity for growth. And, you know, I'm not looking at people and I'm not like comparing my relationship to other people's relationship because I feel secure in my relationship. So it's like, we always have to know what we're comparing because those are like our North stars. Yes, 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 yes. I know I'm trying to think as like,
1: we reflect on what's like the most prominent. I think, I think for me, well, I'm not really like in the music thing. I'm not really looking at other people's stuff, mm-hmm. so I don't really compare myself there. But I think like we've just, we've experienced in business where I kind of like yeah. as an it's not an excuse. I have to be nicer to myself in that way. But it's like I'll look for things that I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily good at and yeah. just kind of harp on that rather than actually, I really have this gift and Mm -hmm. this is how I contribute. I think comparison can kind of make you forget the gifts you have. Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah. You're 100%. And that's the thing. It's like you're blinded to what you have because you're focusing on the lack Mm -hmm. of the other. And yeah, I really took my time with this one and I love that in it. I also went through the ways in which I work with comparison Um, in like a step-by-step format. So how we can reframe what comparison is, you know, importantly by being kind to ourselves and recognizing Mm -hmm. that it's completely normal. And then I went through a lot of the steps um, of how to support yourself if you are in a mode of comparison. Beautiful. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, it's going to be so good. Also send this to friends. I you know, when I was really going through that week or so of deep comparison, I mean, a little bit more than normal. I was in constant conversation with friends about what we were experiencing and I found it to be so helpful to Mm -hmm. have community and conversation. And that's something that we do in the membership all the time, but to talk to friends and be like, oh my gosh, you're experiencing this too. Like I look up to you and I respect you so much. So to know that, you know, we're all really human in that conversation and really our life is designed at this point through social media to make comparison something that feels like it's a part of our everyday so I highly suggest sending this one to friends
1: definitely yeah it's crazy how just like even talking about it even with like your friends that you compare yourself to yeah oh yeah I tell them you know it's like it's so liberating because then because part of the pain is like feeling like
0: you're kind of holding that secret yes and so to kind of share that and when someone tells you they're like I compare myself to you're like yes I am honored (laughs) Yeah, truly, you're Thank like, you. that's mm-hmm. unhonoring. Yes, truly. you're like, what about my appearance? <laughs> it's always the same thing. So you're like, um, what about?
1: <laughs> well, I love this one. Uh, stay tuned for more solo episodes from us. Make sure you have subscribe to the pod. Yes, not sure if y'all are subscribed, but it's super important because then you'll get all the episodes straight to your podcast inbox. And if you are called to, we would love a review on Apple
0: Podcasts. That
1: means the world to us. We read them all.
0: Yes, and then we're also on YouTube if you want to watch us on video. YouTube has been really fun for Lindsay and I and putting all of our interviews on YouTube has been a pleasure. Almost30.com, Almost30 podcast on Instagram. I am at it's Krista. I-T-S, Krista. And I'm at
1: lindsay simsik, S-I-M-C-I-K. All right, y'all, enjoy this one and we'll see you on the other side. See you soon. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, yesterday, I did a pep talk uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just, I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, it's incredibly supportive. So. We are hosting Space Camp on January 28th. This is our favorite event of the year. Camp Almost 30 has gotten a little bit of a rebrand because we were feeling like, I think we're ready to really go there (laughs) with our community. So we are welcoming guests who we feel have really taken us to a whole other planet in our interviews and in our conversations with them. So guests like Brie Melanson, she is going to be doing a workshop on psychic development, find and tap into your gifts. She is a teacher and channel and one who has really been such a support and teacher for Krista and I throughout the years. We are welcoming Jordan Younger. So she is going to help us find our galactic origins. She is the podcast host of the Balanced Blonde podcast. She's an author. She's a spiritual teacher We're also welcoming Lee Harris who recently was on the podcast in a two part episode and he is going to channel the Z's live for us. How special. He does not do this often. So we feel very, very, very lucky. And we will also be welcoming Sandra Walter. So she is going to be teaching on Ascension 101, the crystalline grid and higher realm support. She is so special. She's a light worker and teacher and has been on the podcast and Krista and I are going to be sharing a very, very, very special experience, heavenly coated, Reiki infused sound bath. And I'm excited for you all to join us. So this is happening on January 28th from 10 to 2 p.m. PST. Make sure you sign up. Space is limited, but it's absolutely free. Absolutely free. We're excited to welcome you. And this is the kickoff to membership Opening. So membership is going to be open indefinitely now. So you can join membership for six months at a time and really, really focus uh, and support your growth. It is our favorite place to just come and be ourselves and really get super intimate with you all, more intimate than on the podcast. So I'm excited for you all to join the membership. But head to almost30.com/slash space dash camp. That's almost30.com slash space dash camp, space dash camp. <laughs> Say that 30 times. Almost30.com slash space dash camp to sign up for camp. Absolutely free. We will
0: see you on January 28th. What's up, everybody? Here we are. I'm looking at you directly if you're watching on video. And I just got a massage and my face is wacky whack. Makeup is everywhere and I'm a little puffball, but it was the most worth it thing ever. And I'm really excited about the topic today. I'm excited to dig in, especially just like as a solo one, because I've really been going through it as far as comparison goes. And when I was talking to the community, both in the membership and then in my DMs, I was asking, you know, how are you all feeling? How's everyone doing? And you know, to note this was in cancer season. So cancer season brings a lot up. It can be very emotional. It's like a very watery time and everyone seemed to be really going through it. So I feel like now that we're in Leo season, it feels a little bit better, feels lighter, but there was a period in time where we were really going through it. And a lot of you said you were experiencing intense bouts of comparison and... You were experiencing comparison and then also your inner critic was just on and popping. And I think there was a week in time where it felt like myself and all of my friends were all experiencing intense inner critic moments where the inner critic just very much was having his or her or their way with us. And I very much felt that. It was almost a situation where I couldn't get a hold of myself. I couldn't get a hold of my thoughts. And I don't know if you've ever felt like that before or you've ever had the situation where your mind just took over and you couldn't stop the train, It's almost like an anxiety feeling, it's a depression feeling where you couldn't stop the train of these things that you were thinking or the ways that you were uh, feeling and it was just taking over and that was happening to me and it hasn't happened in quite some time just through my meditation practices, through therapy and a lot of different preventative measures I take to do that but comparison was a major theme. And so I'd love to talk today a little bit about how I view comparison and how I work with comparison and how over time I've really been able to get a better hold on it than ever before. And of course, it's not something that completely goes away. And it is so normal for us to compare. We are truly interpersonal creatures. And so I want to just offer for everyone listening that feels like they compare themselves all the time you are probably doing a better job at not comparing yourself than you think. Thinking about the way that we live as interpersonal creatures, like I said, human judgment is really by nature comparative. Everything that we do is in a sense comparative. You walk up to someone, you look, oh, they're taller than me. They're shorter than me. They're X, Y, and Z. And it's just the way of the world. And I think it's been... um, really emphasized in a deep way with social media, with the comparison um, of numbers being added to the game with followers, with likes, with shares, with all of these different things. And I think numbers really exacerbate the comparison. And I think social media really exacerbates the comparison in a powerful way. But just offering that, I feel like so many of you are so self-aware, so deeply aware of how you show up in the world that you might not be comparing yourself as much as you think. And you're probably tapering that mindset of comparison a little better than you think. And I have to remember that with myself, with all of the opportunities that were presented on a daily basis on ways in which we can compare ourselves to others with how many people that we interact with on a daily basis, it's really, really hard to not compare. And it's completely normal that we do. Again, we're interpersonal creatures. And... You know, the, the best quote ever, <laughs> one of the best quotes, uh, Theodore Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. And I remember um, years ago, you know, when I was probably like 25, I was living in Chicago and I would always think of this quote. I was always like, wow, comparison truly is the thief of joy because what happens when we compare is we are actually depriving ourselves of enjoying whatever great gifts we have. So if I am sitting here and I'm like, wow, what a beautiful... You know, studio that I have. What a beautiful place that we have to record the podcast. I feel so deeply grateful. And then I get on my um, Instagram and I see someone else has this fucking insane studio that's on the water, that's just like, you know, beautiful and lavish and all these things. My joy has just been robbed by my comparison of that experience because I'm now seeing, wow. But it could be that way. Oh, I could have that. Oh, wow. Um, That could be something that I achieve. And and now I'm feeling not so great about my situation, about what I have going on. And so the truth of comparison truly being the thief of our joy is so, so true and so relevant. And so I just want to offer that beautiful quote from Teddy Roosevelt. When I was preparing uh, for this episode, I was doing um, a little bit of research. I, you know, tend to do a lot of research or a little bit of research, depending on the topic, but I wanted to understand the brain chemistry and what's happening from a brain level, from a neurological level, on um, when we compare. And When I was in my doctorate program, (laughs) just kidding, y'all know I am 0% qualified to be talking a lot about this, but I will share in our show notes this study that I found that's really powerful, and I did pull out some really, really interesting things that I wanted to bring into this conversation from the NCHI, and really, this talks a lot about comparison and just helps to ground a lot of the information I want to talk about today in a very scientific way, and I know so many of you love the science of everything. In this study, they talked a lot about how human judgment is by nature comparative. They say when people make evaluations, they do so in relation to a pertinent norm or standard. To describe oneself as tall, for example, implies that one is taller than others. Even such a basic statement about physical properties is therefore inherently comparative. Compar- comparisons constitute central mechanisms of social judgment, and as a result, stand at the core of the whole range of a social cognitive process. A person's perception, stereotyping, attitudes, affect decision-making, theory of mind, and the concept of self all rely on the comparative process. So there's been over 50 years of uh, psychological research that's been shown that social comparisons form one of the cornerstones of our social cognition. So again, just offering that we can all be kinder to ourselves when we find ourselves in a comparison spiral. We have been doing this since the beginning of time and it's actually wired within our brain and it's actually part of our nature as interpersonal beings to compare. It provides us safety, it provides us access, it provides us mates, it provides us uh, jobs, it provides us all of these things So when really the issue is, is when it kind of takes a left turn and it's becoming something that's controlling our mind and we're finding it being the thief of our joy. When we're finding it really taking over of the opportunities that we have to really feel in joy, to feel gratitude for what we have. Uh, But just offering again, it's normal. We all do it. I definitely do it. I go in and out, but it happens. And one of the reasons why we compare is that they provide these strategies to make judgments and decisions. So by focusing on a subset of information, which is like, oh, this person's taller than me, You can really understand something rather than engage in this exhaustive search of your knowledge base or other social comparisons. These social comparisons enable humans to save our cognitive resources. So you're like, oh, they're taller than me. This is like a way to categorize this person. And now I'm able to move forward by not really going into my cognitive um, understanding to decide in other ways how how I'm stacked up against this person. And the cognitive benefit also shows that at the brain level, during a judgment task, comparative information processing was associated with smaller changes in alpha band activity, suggesting reduced mental effort. So our brain actually prefers when we compare. Again, so... Comparative information processing was associated with smaller changes in alpha band activity, suggesting reduced mental effort. So our brain prefers to compare because it makes it easier. So again, over time, when we are finding ourselves comparing, it is normal. We all do it. Our brain prefers to compare. It thinks it's helping us because it's reducing the amount of energy. But we know in our hearts that when it gets to be a thief of our joy, it's a problem. And then, and although this you know desire to compare ourselves to others is universal some are more prone than others so some people are actually more prone than others to compare themselves to other people and in this study it really talks about how individuals high in social comparison orientation engage in social comparison more often and have are more affected by it social comparison orientation has been shown to correlate with several other personality dimensions. And I think this will not come to a surprise for many of you when we recognize the people that tend to compare. People in high social orientation tend to be more self-conscious and show lower self-esteem and higher neuroticism. In a similar vein, depressed patients reported an increased proneness to compare oneself with others. Individuals who are prone to social comparisons are more interested in what others feel and need and show higher levels of empathy. This suggests that social comparison orientation does not merely reflect a competitive mindset, but rather an interdependent self. Therefore, it is no surprise that we find ourselves as women comparing ourselves more than men. And this tells me that people that are codependent, compare more. This tells me that people that are empaths compare more. This tells me that people that have um, anxiety or depression compare more. This tells me that people that are self-conscious compare more. And I know that a lot of us struggle or work with these sort of things. I'm someone that has been depressed in my life. I've had anxiety. I definitely consider myself an empath. And this means that I am definitely more prone to compare because I'm much more thoughtful or thinking about other people and how I am in relation to them. This episode is brought to you
1: by Help. Uh, therapy, y'all. I don't know. I just, I don't know what I did before therapy, to be completely honest with you. I think I was kind of a mess, but you know, found it when I was meant to, but I have been going to therapy for about... Six years now, which is so crazy. So crazy, but it has changed my life, and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can. I feel like it has totally, totally made my relationships better, made my career better. I am a better mom. I am a better wife. I am a better friend. I am a better daughter and sister. Y'all, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, this is it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you get matched and you're like, eh, not quite a fit, they make it easy and it's free to change. But I've had a lot of friends try BetterHelp and love it. So I really, really encourage you to start therapy. It's been the best decision I've ever made for myself. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Almost 30 today to get 10%
0: off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Almost 30. So a lot of my energetic work recently in the past um, year has continuing to pull back my energy from It's feeling of other people to focus on myself, which will inherently help my ability to compare. And so I would just offer for anyone listening, for anyone that feels like they compare to even think about, um, are you an empath? Do you find yourself as codependent? Are you enmeshed? Do you have depression? Are you self-conscious? Do you struggle with your confidence? Um, Which of these aspects could be playing into your habit of comparison in a negative way that affects your life negatively. And for me personally, I think a lot of that is the codependence. I'm very much affected by how other people are doing. I'm very much aware and thoughtful about how other people are doing in a way that serves me and then a way that doesn't serve me. I'm someone that can be self-conscious. I think we all can be self-conscious. I'm someone that struggled with depression. And actually, as I've um, worked on my mental health and focused on my mental health, I found myself comparing less. So just know that it is in the research that women tend to compare ourselves more for a lot of these reasons and then maybe a lot of other evolutionary reasons. But it is, again, very, very normal that this is what we do. So now that we understand that comparison is normal, it's something that's um, happened over time, it's something that's really ingrained in the way that humans work, and it's something that women experience more than men, and that there is a brain chemical reward happening when we compare that makes our cognition quicker because it's using less energy, so our brain actually prefers to compare, and that this is something that's completely normal. And then also recognizing that when we do compare or we find ourselves in a place of comparison where we feel like it's robbing us of our joy that we very much deserve, that's when we want to kind of check on it and just navigate and bring ourselves back to a place of feeling whole and having gratitude for our experience in our life. I'm
1: not sure if you know this, but one out of eight couples struggle with infertility. It's kind of staggering. Most people don't know and or aren't ready to talk about it. And the thing is, we really need good data and information about our bodies in order to have informed conversations with our doctors and make the best decisions for ourselves and for our future. Sometimes we can be so lost in the shame of it all that we forget to really take action and figure out our best options. And that's why Modern Fertility was created. I've been having fertility conversations with a lot of you in my DMs, so I'm excited to talk about Modern Fertility. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home, major, major, with a simple finger prick, you mail it in with a prepaid label, and you'll get personalized results within six Hormone testing at a fertility clinic, again, can cost three times as much. Get $30 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash almost 30. That's modernfertility.com
0: slash almost 30. So how I deal with comparison, something and if something that I think about a lot and something that I really rely on, and especially in the past couple of weeks where I felt like I was in this place of yeah, just comparing my, this is so silly, but my wedding to other people's. I, I just got married a few months ago, for anyone that doesn't know, after 10 years of dating my husband, and um, I was comparing myself, my wedding to other people's in a deep way. I was like, oh, it wasn't good enough, and blah, 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 all the stuff. Comparing the wedding, comparing how I looked at the wedding, not good enough, didn't feel good in my body, all of these things comparing how um, my business was doing, how um, I'm not in my power, but everyone else is. I'm not as successful as they are. You know, all of these conversations were really coming to a head for me. And it was just, yeah, it's just life isn't fun kind of when we're in that cycle. And I think it is something that really felt like it did rob me of my joy, especially when I think about my wedding. Like my wedding was so beautiful and powerful. And I am so grateful that I was able to have a wedding And to sit there and be feeling like, oh, you know, like they had better flowers. I'm like, it's like, okay, (laughs) let's remember what the point is here. But also having complete compassion for myself for feeling that way, you know, for having that experience. It's like, oh, that's so normal. This was such a high important moment for me. This moment meant so much to me and meant so much to Justin. So it's so normal that I would have the added pressure of this and I would feel like it had to be this thing because it's like a once in a lifetime moment. So I just wanted to give a little background of, of how I you know have been experiencing comparison, but how I deal with it is um, one of the first things that I think is most important when we're dealing with criticism or um, comparison is really identifying that inner critic or identifying that person that's comparing or that part of you that's doing the comparing. So for me, that would be an example of that would be like, okay, I'm looking at my wedding pictures and the inner critic in me is like, wow, you look terrible. (laughs) You look not how you've dreamt of looking. You let yourself down. Um, You didn't lose weight for the wedding and you should have. Those kind of things are being said to myself. And in one way, the way, the path that I find less helpful is when we identify with those, when we're like, oh, wow, that is true. I should have lost weight for the wedding. I should have cared more. I should have, you know, and it's like seeing those, what I consider offerings or ideas from our inner critic as truth. And that's the biggest thing here is separating the real from the illusion. And the illusion is those cruel, critical things that are being offered. And I say repeatedly on offering, being offered, because that's what it feels like to me. And I feel like that's an experience that we all have where we are constantly in this human experience with energies all over us. We have Consciousness is around us, like the consciousness of technology, the consciousness of not enoughness, the consciousness of the matrix, the consciousness of so many different things. And then we also have animals around us. We have our friends around us, our relationships, all these energies are constantly circulating. And there oftentimes can be an offering from a different energy that is not our own for us to sway or like be off of our path. And You know, when I think about The Law of One, which is a book that I study and a book that I really, really relate to, this would be like a negatively oriented being or um, consciousness that is offering to bring us away from our path of unity and oneness and wholeness. So in my case with my body, it would be like an entity or an offering or a consciousness or a thought that's like, hey, you know what? You're supposed to look really good at weddings and you didn't look good at your wedding. You know, you didn't really do enough. Like you didn't really lose any weight. You should have lost weight that is not me at my core that's saying that. You know, that is the me at my core, the higher self me, the embodied me, the like the one unity me that exists, that is just pure love, um, doesn't say that. You know, there's no part of us that is the truth of us, that is the love in us that says those things to us. So when I see it as an offering of like, oh, that's an interesting statement that was just offered for me to entertain, just like many other things that we hear in the day. Do I want to entertain that? Sometimes I fucking do. Sometimes I'm like, wow, I'm going to sit with this and I'm going to really let it rip and I'm going to really take myself down this destructive path. But of course, it's the higher self version of us that's like, oh, wow, okay. That's an interesting thought. That's an interesting offering of feeling like I looked like shit or feeling like I didn't do enough. Huh, okay, And having that, coming to that with that neutral perspective, that perspective of seeing it as something like, okay, I could entertain this or not. Maybe sometimes I will. Maybe sometimes I don't. I will. But we need to see it as the neutral thought. And a lot of that, when we talk about mindfulness practice and meditation, it really helps support that. So when people are talking about mindfulness, from my perspective, you are being mindful of the way that you live, your thoughts, your existence, how you are in relation to people. And for me in particular, it's like I'm being mindful of my mind. What is coming in? What is coming out? Is that me? Does that feel good? Does that feel like it brings me further from myself? Does it feel expansive? Does it feel contractive? And being mindful of 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 what's coming in my thoughts and what's coming out. Meditation has supported me in a great way in that. It's helped me slow down my thoughts. It's helped me you know, pull apart my thoughts. It's helped me have... A neutral perspective on everything. So identify your inner critic, bring awareness to what is happening. And a last thing I'll say about this point in particular is that because we are so ingrained to compare, if you ask for an example, you know, hey, spirit, when I'm going through my day, please just kind of remind me when I'm comparing. And that would be walking into a coffee shop and you see you know, a couple and you're like, oh, wow, they look like um, really happy. Am I happy in my relationship? You know, you kind of have that sentiment. So ask for offerings of like when I'm comparing and you'll be really shocked at how much you compare during the day just as a natural thing. And then so your inner critic in that situation, you could sort of start to work with it and say like, oh, what is being said about this in particular? When I'm seeing someone with a really nice car on the street and I realize that I don't have a nice car. What is being said? What is the judgment there made about that? Do I say, oh, that's interesting because I actually don't give a shit about my car? Or do I say like, oh my God, it's so shitty that I don't have a nice car. What is the inner critic saying in all of these situations so you can bring more loving awareness to it or even neutral awareness to it? The second way that I deal with comparison is self-care. Not to be cliche, the cliche gal that's all like self-cary, but I truthfully believe that I find myself comparing more when I am not taking care of myself. So when I'm not sleeping and resting and doing things that I love, spending time with people I love, eating really good food, you know, I think that we could all agree that outside of the normal comparison that we do as humans, if we are sleeping really well, eating really well, doing things we love, spending time with people we love, I don't know if a lot of us would really want to compare because we'd be so grateful and we'd be so full in the life that we're currently living. And so by practicing self-care, which means for me, mothering myself, going to therapy, meditation, baths, eating really nourishing food, uh, resting, spending time with people I love, I'm just so in awe of a, of the life that I have. And I'm so grateful because I have all these moments and I have this bank of things that I can have gratitude for, which keeps me busy in a way from comparing. And I also noticed something that if I'm in need of rest, but I'm denying myself rest, I will be on my phone a lot more. And so I will be scrolling and just Wasting my time and finding myself in comparison traps on my phone. So this means I've got an hour between meetings, and instead of taking a walk, calling a friend, taking a nap, taking a bath, painting, whatever the, whatever the whatever the frick, I'm saying, "Oh no, I can't do that. I don't have time. I need to keep working. Um, this needs to get done. I, if I'm not producing, I can't rest. And then I'll find myself deeply wanting to take a break. And so I will find myself on my phone and I'll just be like kind of mindlessly scrolling because for me, that feels like a rest in a way, but it also feels like it's not a rest because I'm technically doing. So when I'm not allowing myself to rest in the way that I feel like is intentional, I'm on my phone more. And then the phone is obviously just like the portal of comparison. And so I need to make sure that I'm consciously resting and sleeping and really taking conscious time away from my phone or else I'll be in the portal of my phone, which is like the comparison highway. Taking a trip down the comparison highway on your phone. And we'll go into that later. So make sure you're practicing your self-care regularly, nourishing yourself, sleeping, eating really great food, spending time with people you love, getting outside, doing all the things that you love, whatever those things may be, really helps to nourish yourself and really fill up your own cup so that you're not looking outside as much. I think another thing that I really took for granted was um, being your own Best friend and being your own hype person. And I think this can be hard to do if we're trying it from nothing. And I remember a few years ago, probably five or six years ago, when I was talking to a friend about this and I'm like, man, how do I improve my self talk? And I remember I was trying it on. You know, I was like, trying, <laughs> I was like, trying on saying these things in my head where I was like, you're fucking awesome. And I would be like, I would like, my inner self would gag. I'd be like, oh God, that is like painful. Like what the heck? Because it was almost like I was trying on someone else's phrases or verbiage or pipe talk on myself and it wasn't like in my voice. And I also think we really need to move up to that. It's like, I've always, you know, I always say this and I think Jenna Zoe says this too, is um, before we learn to love ourselves, we need to like ourselves. And this is sort of the thing. So the way that I support myself in hyping myself up or loving myself is I take screenshots of kind things people have said to me. And I have a folder where I keep kind things that are really heartfelt and sentimental all from you, the community, which means a lot to me. It's super, you all are so eloquent and powerful. And it's it never passes me how kind uh, some of the sentiments you've said to me are. Um, I have also pictures of people that I love, memories I love, funny things that I love, my cats, my relationships, all of these things in one central place um, in addition to any achievements that I have. So um, even if you're at a corporate job or you have a job on your own, you can ask uh, your close friends and family to help you list your achievements because I think sometimes... Uh, people that love us are much more easily able to bring up our achievements than we are, and keep a folder of all those achievements. Maybe you got nominated for something. Maybe you were uh, promoted. Maybe you, you know, got this big guest on a podcast that you wanted, or maybe you were featured in this magazine. Whatever it is, keep it in a place so that it can be your hype place. You can go to and be like, "Wait, I am. I'm. I'm okay." Like people see me. It's helping me to see myself. I have this place where I can keep everything I love. And I can really look at it as a reminder of you know the person that I am, but I'm not really seeing clearly right now. Another thing that I do is um, every single card that I've ever had, I keep in a folder, I keep in a box actually. And if I ever am in like a desperate situation, I can really go back to all of those cards and just remember how important uh, people in my life are to me and people that really see me and it helps me to see myself. So with that, if you can't be your own hype woman, ask your friends to be your hype woman, send a voice note, be like, hey... it's really rough right now. It's really rough for me. Can you just reflect back to me what I mean to you and how, you know, you see me and you will be blown away by some of the kind things that the people in your life will say.
1: Did you know that the drugs we take to manage period cramps were invented in the 1950s and exclusively tested on men? (laughs) What? It's literally outrageous that there hasn't been more innovation when it comes to periods. Deloon is changing that with dietitian formulated solutions that relieve our symptoms while actually supporting cycle health because our cycles affect every aspect of our wellness, period pain, mood, sleep, skin, metabolism, energy, and more. I, I don't know about you, but you know, some, some months I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything has to stop, but it really can't because I'm experiencing you know, really bad cramps or headaches, fatigue, bloating, you name it. I've really tried a lot of things. And while I think I've gotten most of my symptoms under control, it doesn't mean they still don't happen and kind of disrupt my Flow, so I was really excited to find Daloon and recommend it to a lot of my friends, and they have been absolutely loving it. I was talking to a friend the other day that experienced like really really bad periods, cramps, and just all these symptoms, and she was so happy uh, to try Daloon. She's noticed that her symptoms have subsided; they don't last as long, they're not as intense, and she can really just be in her life, which is really nice. So Deloon Nutritional Solutions are dietitian formulated to work with your cycle health, not against it. It'll help you all month long while also relieving your cramps and PMS during your period. Deloon creates effective drug-free supplements for period cramps, PMS, and optimal cycle health. So you can get the relief you need naturally, which I'm all about, and start feeling like your best self. So if you want high-potency, fast-acting supplements for your period cramps, PMS, and really getting your cycle health in its prime top condition, like 92% of their customers report that relief, try to loon
0: So after being your own hype woman, creating an achievements folder, having a place where you keep things that you're proud of um, that are easily accessible, also remembering the highlight reel. You know, Instagram, we all know it is the highlight reel. It's something that we are consciously aware of that people only show one side of themselves. And the way that I like to think about this, and I was talking to my therapist about this the other day, when I was in that deep mode of comparison, I even compare myself to my friends, my incredibly successful, beautiful, smart friends um, who have so much going on in their lives and their business. And I found myself comparing and I said to my therapist, you know, the thing about it is that I'm comparing myself to my friends, but I actually, it reminds me that I need to connect with them because I know that what goes on behind the scenes and what's really going on is not reflected on social media just as i don't share everything that happens in my life on social media both good and bad not everyone we know shares everything in their life both good and bad on social media so that's a reminder for me to reach out to my friends to check in how they're doing to have connection and community and even the friends that i sometimes find myself comparing to i you know connect with them and they're like going through their own struggles or they are comparing themselves to other people or they are you know just having their own moment and the important part of this is reminding ourselves of the three-dimensionality of people and reminding ourselves that we are not just an Instagram page or feed or one photo or one video or anything. We are three-dimensional beings and one moment we're flying high and the next moment could be really hard. And so if we find ourselves caught up in the Instagram reel, you need to reach out if they are your friends and just sort of like check in like, hey, remind me of the human of you. Because if they are your close friends, you know, you're always going to be real, you're always going to be honest, and you can be reminded of the human. You can be reminded, like, hey, we're both humans and we both have really hard times, even though it looks like online we're sharing our, our highlight reel. And then also, too, with people that you don't know, you know, that only share the highlight reel, it should be a practice. And and I think the work of to be magnetic is really helpful. Lacey's one of my very close friends who founded TB Magnetic. She's been on the podcast like four times. Um, but I really love the reframe of comparison uh, that To Be Magnetic does. And the perspective that To Be Magnetic uh, suggests around comparison is that Envy is actually a really powerful tool and can be turned into an advantage. So if you're envious of someone, the reason that they're showing up in your life is because they're an expander for you. So it seems like it's not the case, but actually the energetics behind envy are that we see in another person something that we're capable of achieving or having for ourselves. So when we're envious, it's actually the shadow projecting onto another person, the elements of what we desire or where we are not living authentically. So they're orbiting around us to help us unblock whatever may be preventing us from having our unique version of what they have. So there's episodes that Lacey and Jessica have done of To Be Magnetic on Envy and Jealousy that are really, really good. Um, And then we also have our episodes with Lacey. But the way that I see this and why I really love this is that when I have found myself comparing myself to other people, I can actually see it as a good thing where I'm like, okay, I'm recognizing in this person something that I want for myself. Because if we notice, you know, as an example with the cars, I could see a car on the street that's a really, how do you describe cars? Sick? Dope? Rad? I don't even, like, how does one say cars? I could see a really sick car. (laughs) Okay, so I see a really rad car driving by. I don't give a shit because it's not something that I really want to achieve or desire and if I see someone, but if I see someone on Instagram that's like, wow, they are working four hours a day. They're living in a beautiful home. Um, it's really nicely decorated. They have friends over all the time. I am envy or je- I am envious or jealous because I feel like I work a little bit too much. I feel like I'm not living in the home that I want. And I can identify immediately aspects of that situation that I would love to obtain for myself. But with the car, I'm like, I could actually give a shit. So that's why I'm not feeling the emotion of envy or jealousy. So when we are having those comparison moments, it's being kind to ourselves, being gentle to ourselves, and then also taking a step back and saying, what about this situation would I love to have for myself? Or what about this situation could be expansive for myself? And how can I use this to my advantage? And how... Am I potentially blocking myself from having this by having this negative emotion attached to it where I'm judging myself, where I'm like, oh, I shouldn't compare myself to her. I shouldn't be envious of her, um, her or him. I really should look at this differently, but how could this be just an indicator for you of where you would like to go and how you could be authentic? And I even had this conversation with a dear friend of mine the other day where I was saying, you know, I'm feeling really triggered by. A few relationships, and I know in my heart why. And it's because um, I know people that are living very, very authentically and very, very truthfully. And at times I don't feel like I am. You know, at times I feel like there's a lot of me that I don't share. at times that feels like, you know, I can't I censor myself in some ways. And when I see those liberated, uncensored people, oh my gosh, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish. And for me, that's my guidepost. How can I get closer to that where I'm feeling like I can also be that liberated, uncensored version of myself? So again, the work of TB Magnetic on reframing your comparison is really, really powerful too. So use it as your guide. And then the last thing that I do uh, to help myself, support myself in not comparing as much as I can is I say, that's none of my business. And none of my business is one of the most spiritual things that you can do. You say, wow, that person has a fucking amazing house, body, relationship, job, car, hair, outfits, shoes, whatever the fuck. That is actually none of my business. And I always have to remember that when I find myself comparing, that's actually directly related to them and God. Whatever is going on with someone else has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with them and God. It has everything to do with them and God. It has nothing to do with me. It actually has nothing to do with me, truly. If they win the lottery, if they are more successful than me, if they are less successful than me, if they are you know, living in a beautiful house, whatever it is that I want, it actually has nothing to do with me. And for some reason, God has chosen to bring on their path or to show them or give them or offer them or move them to or whatever. God has chosen that for them. And I trust God. I trust God's way. I trust God's will. I trust God's path, creator, source, universe whatever you want to call it, the, the one numero uno up there. I trust that more than anything. I trust that whatever is for me will be for me. Whatever is not for me will not be for me. And so remembering whenever I find myself, like the critics come in or I'm on social media and I'm looking at something, I'm like, oh shit, I forgot. I almost forgot the most important thing. That is none of my business. What a liberating thought that I can go on with my day and my life and remember that I need to mind my own business. And taking care of my business means focusing on how I can nurture my life, my relationships, my spiritual practice, my relationship with source, how I can be more of me. How can I focus on the comparison, the ways in which comparison shows up for me as a guidepost? And how can I truly? Leverage it as something that can help me while also remembering it's none of my business. And I think it's none of my business is probably the answer to everything. Because when we're fully focused on how we can be our most authentic expression, our most aligned self, our most nourished self, our most loved self, our most embodied self, you know, the world changes when we really, really focus on that instead of focusing on others. So just to recap a little bit of how I deal and how I navigate comparison, recognize it's normal. It's part of uh, human nature. Um, And firstly, I identify the inner critic. I identify that uh, consciousness or that offering that is going on in my head. I practice self-care. I find out ways to pour into myself. I also am my own hype woman. You know, I find ways that I can uh, remember who I am. I have an achievements folder. I have a kind words folder. I have a photo album of things that I love. I have every card that anyone's ever sent to me. I keep it. Sometimes I read them if I feel confident enough. (laughs) Sometimes I don't, Um, but I'll have that there in case I really need it. I'll also do um, or just tap into the remembrance of a lot of the to be magnetic work, which is around uh, reframing envy and jealousy as something that is showing up in our lives as an expander, reminding us that we're capable of achieving that or having it what it is that we want. And that these things are really orbiting around us to help us unblock whatever may be preventing us from having our unique experience of what that is that we want. And then lastly, I just remember it's none of my business. Because when it's none of our business, it makes things a lot easier. So I'm so grateful to have tapped in tonight with you on this to talk about comparison because I definitely am someone that experiences it quite often. I am not alone in that. And I know most of us experience this and especially for all my feelers, all my emotional beings, this is really for you. So I hope these apply to your life in a really beautiful way. I'm so grateful to be here with you. I love you so much. Thank you, Krista. Another good one. <laughs> make Super sure good. I love you guys it. are subscribed to Almost 30. If you just got this episode sent to you by a friend, thank you to the friend. And make sure you are subscribed. Lindsay and I do solo episodes on topics like comparison, enmeshment, love, relationships, all these different things. And we love to share just our hearts with you in these special episodes. And we want to thank our sponsors
1: for this episode. As always, just bring you brands we love and use ourselves. Woo More Play, Public, Soma Vedic, Issue, and Coinbase. You can find all discount information in our show notes as well as on our website, almost30.com. We love you guys. We love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.